You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, thank you, Jesus. All right, take two. Hello and welcome. Uh Uh-oh, they can see you. (laughs) Hold up. Hello, and welcome to Black Hair in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Salisha Thomas, and I've already had so many laughs with this beautiful queen who is on today. She has watched me be such a disaster and such a mess, and it's our it's like our first time meeting, and I'm so embarrassed, but you guys, like, she's so beautiful. She's emanating so much light. Like, like I truly just met her for the first time just a few minutes ago, and she is just a portal of light and love. And looking at her blog and through her blog, it's just light, 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 beauty, femininity, wholeness, joy. I am so excited to talk to she was she was um, the understudy for Alana Beck and Zoe and Dear Evan Hansen on tour before taking over full time for Alana Beck. Please help me welcome the CCM grad, Sierra Elise Harris. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're literally the most patient person on the planet. So. No, this is really making my day. This is making my morning for sure. I love that. I am, I'm like, we recorded how long were we going before I was like, Salisha, you haven't even pushed record, yeah. you idiot. <laughs> I'm glad oh. it happened to more, more than just me, so. <laughs> I feel that way so much, like, when I see other performers. It's so, it's so easy to be like, oh my gosh, they're just perfect and all these things, but maybe we are flawed. Yeah, I mean, I, I can speak for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, for real. Me too, girl. Me too. Um. Where are you? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm currently in Miami, Florida, which is where I'm from. Oh. Yeah. In March, when like the world turned upside down, I we were on tour in Salt Lake City, and then I came here, and I've been here ever since. So, oh, we're all year long. <laughs> I mean, Miami doesn't I seem know. like a bad place. It's quarantine. I know. I know. Uh, that's cute. Um. <laughs> Like when you're not in quarantine and not on tour, I know being on tour is a whole thing. And I also toured and I didn't realize <laughs> until I was like being interviewed on television when the woman was like, where do you live, Salisha? And I realized I was like, uh, I'm actually homeless. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say to people all the time. I'm like, I don't really live anywhere, actually. I don't have my own space. 
really. Right. It's so it's so weird. Like, so when the pandemic comes out of the when it goes away, hopefully, dear God, will you go back on tour? If you know of, will you go back to New York City? Will you come home? Like, yeah. So everything's up in the air. The only thing I know right now is that I'm moving to New York City next Tuesday or next oh. Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's one thing I can control everything else. No idea when the tour is going back, nothing, but I do know that I'm moving to New York. Um, okay. How do you feel about this? Because I'm pretty excited for you. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm really excited to like, A, have my own space again. It's been really good to have spent all this time with family, but especially coming off of the tour, like I'm so used to being alone and I haven't really had that. So I'm excited about that. And when I did live in New York, I lived in New York for only a couple months before I got the tour. So I feel like I never really like made New York my home. I never really felt like I lived there. So I'm excited to get that chance again to really be like, this is my place, you know? Um, absolutely. And I get that. It's like, family, I love you. This is real cute and everything. But I am yes. grown and I need grown. <laughs> right. Okay. Especially going from tour when you don't, ha- I mean, every tour is different, but like, mm-hmm. you don't have to have a roommate. No, I never did. Well, sometimes I did, but most of the time I was by myself and I preferred it that way. And we all kind of did because, you know, you work together, then we go out and get drinks together. So it's like, I'm going to live by myself. And then you travel together. Travel together. (laughs) Everything. You do everything together. How long were you touring, by the way? I've been touring. I was touring for almost two years. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Oh, yeah. So I got it like literally the I went on tour the summer that I graduated from school. And then I was like, all right, I'm gonna do I'm sorry. How dare you? I'm sorry, (laughs) how dare you? (laughs) The summer after you graduated from CCM? Yeah. Yeah. That summer. And I and I was like, okay, in the fall. I'm I'm leaving the tour. I've learned so much. It's been great. And then this happened. And I was like, so now everything's a little bit backwards, you know, like everything's really up in the air. But I've been touring for almost two years. Yeah. Okay. I'm so excited for you to get to New York City and live your best life out here. You know the city is waiting for you. So I'm like, dear God, let Broadway come back so that we can just like, I'm ready to thrive. Like, Can we please, like, especially because, like, low-key, like, between you and me, I'm, like, 2021, year of the black woman. Let's go. Let's go. Yes. Let's freaking go. I want to show up to the freaking Tonys with Afro-tastic realness, African wardrobe realness. Like, (laughs) Yes, 100%. That's exactly how I feel. It's our year. It's 2021. It's our year year okay I have a question for you like this is low-key just between you and me I mean I'm not editing it but um (laughs) I do want to know like I've never been a swing or an understudy before I was cast as a swing in the Britney Spears musical which is hilarious because I'm like wait what uh swing brain let me see if I can do that and I'm like even in the 11 days of rehearsal I'm like I have to work so much harder because I, it doesn't come naturally. Before rehearsal and after rehearsal, I'd get a practice room and like drill everything. Yeah. And but I've not been in the field yet, Sierra. Mm-hmm. And so I know that you took over the role and everything. But before you did, when you were covering Alana and Zoe 
two leads in Dear Evan Hansen, the bombest musical, one of my favorite musicals. How was that backstage not knowing when you were going to go on? Yeah. Well, similar, similarly to you, I had never swung before. I had never been like a real swing. Like at CCM, it's like you you get the understudy, but they don't really expect you to go on. So you never really learn anything. And then you're like, right. in the so you never learn the part anyway. Like that's all the experience I've ever had. No. <laughs> Literally. So I was like, okay, yeah, I can do this. This will be fun. And I feel like what I took for granted as a performer is muscle memory. Like, you know, you you write your notes down, right? But a lot of it is when he gave me that note, it was when I walked over to the couch. I'll remember that. I don't need to write that down because I, I felt that when he told me, so I remembered how to do that. Like a lot of it is I've been doing it up on my feet. I learned it on my feet. So it's already in my body. So it's not that hard to remember. The hardest thing for me and Dervin Hansen was like, it's not even a dance show. It was just kind of like watching someone do stuff and then like writing lines about where she's supposed to walk and like where she's supposed to be. And then remembering that having not had it in my own body and also like be like taking notes that were for someone else that I was applying onto myself. So all of that was really kind of like gymnastics for me. And like, like Dear Van Hansen is a heavy walk show. So like numbers like Waving Through a Window and You'll Be Found are so teched. They're so choreographed that they're just walking patterns. And those were like, it sounds like the simplest thing in the world, but those were the hardest things for me to remember when I had, when I learned it by watching someone else do it. And then I just like wrote it in a line in my, my text. And, I was oh, gosh. Like, yeah, and then I'll get there. And then on rehearsal, I'll be like, she walked over here, right? Is that what she did? Like, like it really was harder than I imagined it to be because I didn't get to feel it in my body first. And also there's like, I feel like when you're in the role, you kind of already have that confidence of like, yeah, it's my role. And I feel it's like mine. it's mine. And I feel like I can make it what it needs to be. And I feel like I can find freedom in the form. And I feel like I can, I can mess up and I can find things and whatever. And as an understudy, you're just kind of expected to like, you caught her mess ups. Don't make the same ones. You have to be this perfect finished product, even though you haven't had any of the time to get it into your body. And I imagine when rehearsing, you're not rehearsing with the whole cast or maybe no, no. So like the, the main cast, like never sees you until you go on with them for the first time. So your family becomes the understudies because I know what her Cynthia is. I know what his Evan is. It's like, this is my family. And then the first time I make my debut is also the first time I'm going on with these people. So there's a lot of like, and then for them, of course, they're like, I don't know how she's going to be because I've never even heard her sing. You know what I mean? Like, so they're nervous about me. I'm nervous about me. The crew's nervous about me because everyone's just like, does she know what she's doing? Because I've never seen her before. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, we do really like magicians work. Like, we are right. to be full product when we get there and everyone's just kind of like, okay, does she know to walk over there? Okay, she doesn't. Right. Okay, you know what I mean? Right. Oh, Sierra, that's like a real thing. Everyone's super present when the swings yeah. are on. Oh, yeah. When the swings are on, everyone's like in the wings. Like, oh. does, she, does she know to walk to two? Does she right. know to walk to four? <laughs> Girl, I have been in so many situations, but not on this side of it. Like, yeah. I've been on stage and, you know, we had a new swing come on and and she, yeah. you know, picked, she picked the wrong spot. Right. <laughs> I'm like, happens, you yeah. can't be in this spot because I'm right. in this spot. It's yeah. like, oh, gosh. And now I'm going to be the swing. I'm like, You're gonna be oh. <laughs> oh, Lord, help us, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And h- hilarious that you were talking about being in school 
and being like, we're not actually going to go on. I was in, I studied musical theater as well um, out in California at Cal State Fullerton. And I was the swing when I was like junior BFA before switching to BA because anyway, um, a whole other story. Um, I was a a junior. I I knew the seniors weren't going to call out, but they, the girl who I was understudying was doing fuetes. I'm like, y'all know I don't do fuetes. You know, I I can barely even say the word fuetes. (laughs) (laughs) And guess what? She called out. I'm like, oh my god! So what did you do? Did you do fuetes? I called out. Oh, you called out. She called out. So I called out. I'm like, I can't do this. Oh I, Sierra. I'm like, I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? So then the second second understudy had to go on because I'm like, y'all ain't gonna make me look stupid. Oh my god. Oh my god! Is it hot in here? I'm over here telling on myself. That is crazy. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't do that in real life. But also in real life, if they're like, "Hey, you look really hella dumb trying to do fuetes," we're gonna put something else on your body. Right, 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 right. right. You're not gonna be in the role. Something like that. It's not gonna just be like, "All right, Godspeed." Exactly. You were understudying something that wasn't your like forte. That's why. So that probably will never happen to you again. Hopefully. Dear yeah. God, knock on wood. Okay. Yeah. Another question about that. So when you're understudying, what did you do with your hair backstage? Okay. So this is interesting. So when I got the job, I had just done the big chop. So I had been like, my hair was straight. My hair was like, you know, collarbone length. And then for my senior showcase, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go natural. And I want to start from the very beginning, which was like kind of a big deal because I was like, you know, like your showcase is like packaging yourself. Yeah. (laughs) That's a huge deal. Yeah. And I just was at this place in my life where I was like finally figuring out who I was and living for myself. And like, I think for me, it's going to start here. And that was like a whole experience of like, you know, always wanting my hair to be long and thinking that longer was better and then just being like, fuck it, or straighter is better. And then just deciding that I wasn't going to have hair. And that was like crazy for me and crazy for everybody in my life. Like even like my grandma was like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like everybody in my life, right? So I did that and I was like, wow, like this is me. I feel like it was just a really cathartic, beautiful experience. And then I got Dervin Hansen. So I had no hair when I got Dervin Hansen. And so- they didn't really know, A, they didn't really know what to do with my hair and B, they weren't paying attention to me because I was like understudy number two, sort of. So the other understudy, like had, she had been working at the Broadway before she came on tour with us. So she was kind of hired as that, like, you know, she knows the show the best and Sierra will learn the show as the tour continues. So while they were figuring out what to do with her hair, nobody was paying attention to what I was doing with my hair. And, you know, natural hair is different on everybody, like in terms of yes. products, it's a lot of trial and error. And so I was like fi- finding out how to get my best curls, like what my thing was. And like every day I came into work looking good as hell. Like my curls were juicy. Like I looked incredible at work and I could feel oh that they were kind of like, we'll get to you when we get to you. You know what I mean? Like I could feel that there was a fear behind like, I don't really know what to do with that because, you know, when we think of Zoe, we think of long hair. And when we think of Alana, we think of this like updo on top of her head. Like those were like the two things that they were doing with the girls before us. And the other understudy, she had had like a beautiful long wig that she just wore one day to rehearsal because she wore wigs all the time. And our director was like, I want her hair to look like that. Like, how can we get her a wig? Like he was just thinking like, 
you know, I see this character for Zoe. Like it was like, I see this character as like long hair, which essentially is like, you know, white. And they wanted to see that. And I think with me, with my hair being so short, they were just kind of like, I don't even really know what we want to do with that. If, if it's necessary, we'll like get there when we get there. And so I'm, you know, learning the show. No one's really paying attention to me. My costumes are barely put together. Like nobody even thinks I'm going to go on. And then eventually my time comes when it's time for me to go on. And, and I didn't even get like hair products. So like they were giving the people who had curly hair, like coily custard, which I don't really know anything about that, but I didn't use that. But they had never like come to me and been like, hey, what do you use? Like, no one had ever asked me what I used. I just feel like from the mo- from moment one, it was like, I don't really know what to do. So we'll, we'll get to you when we get to you. And then when I went on, I was doing my own hair. They like pulled my costumes and I was like, oh God, okay, here are her jeans and blah, blah. And then I went on and then it was like, great. And I was going on all the time and I was in charge of my own hair. I did the same thing every day, whatever. Then my hair started to grow like wildfire. And still because like, you know, on tour, you can get away with a couple things because the director is not out there, you know, so you can do whatever you want. So my hair is growing and I started doing a twist out. And so I was like, okay, for, I I started doing like this side, um, oh my God. Part? You know, side part. So doing a side part for both of them. And my hair basically looked the same for both of them when I was doing a twist out. And then this is like six months into year one, the hair guy comes out and he's like, wow, your hair has grown. Okay, now we need to figure out what to do with it. And he was like, okay, like, give me this side part, give me this. And so it ended up being that I had a side part for Zoe. And then I had like an updo for Alana, which is essentially like what they've always wanted. But I couldn't do that in the beginning because my hair wasn't long enough. And so I started doing that, but I still was doing it myself. I was supplying my own hair product. I never, I never asked for the coily custard because I kind of was like, I don't know if I want that. Um, And now like having heard so many other stories over quarantine, now I'm kind of like, oh, I know I'm going to go in and be like, you need to supply me my hair products. You know what I mean? And like, here's what I like. And this yes. is what you should, you know, cause I'm spending money every week. Right. To do my hair for this show. Cause no one can do my hair, you know? <laughs> and so it sounds like you were never wigged. I was never wigged. And no. so because you were never wigged, Does that mean like every day that you go to work, you have to be prepared to like have your curls pop in or do I would do my whole life, especially because I was doing this twist out, which I love a good twist out. But now the problem with the twist out is that I was pulling my actual curls out. So then I now my like my curls are like looser than they used to be. Yeah. So now I'm going to go back and not do that. But at the time I was like, oh, this gives me like the length that I need. So I was doing the twist out for the length and which meant that, you know, I had to twist my hair every single night. I wore my headband or my hairband all day long, my scarf. And then until I got to the theater. So I would like do my hair the night before, like after we went out for drinks, I'd be like up late at night, twisting my hair and then I'd have it in all day long so that the floor would dry. And then I'd get there and do my hair. So like everything, every day it was like, oh, I can't, I have to go do my hair. I have to go home and do this or whatever, whatever, whatever. Revolving um, around. And then funding it myself, like me paying the money to use those products myself. So yeah. Oh my goodness. I feel like this is like full circle. You've like learned so much. You're like, okay, <laughs> what we're not going to do. Like grateful to be here. And I will yeah. say, I mean, like, and you can speak to this or not to this or whatever, but I would think it would be a little encouraging, even though they didn't seem like they really knew what to do when you got there. I would feel personally encouraged 
if I had just chopped off all my hair for my senior showcase, I am puking because I'm so <laughs> terrified. Like that is a terrifying thought. And then to get a job, a big job yeah, with how you actually look. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's pretty incredible. Even though they were like, well, now what do we do? Yeah. But like, yeah. but they still like, did you feel validated at all? Like I am, I can be exactly who I am. Like, is that or no, or no. Not really. I mean, I felt like, I mean, with being an understudy, there's already the double standard. And then there's the double standard of like being a black understudy for a predominantly white played role. I feel like I had a lot of figuring out to do in terms of like imposter syndrome and and telling myself, yeah. that, you know, you got the job, you belong here, you're okay. Because another thing with being an understudy is what I took for granted is that you don't get the affirmation. Like when you're in the role, everything you do, it's like, oh yeah, that was great. Try it again. Or you know what? I think you could do better. Like even if it's bad, it's constructive. And when you're an understudy, it's nothing. And if it's something good, it's few and far in between. And so you don't really feel as coddled or as taken care of as you usually are when you're the lead. Um, or even a lead, just like if you have a part, if you have a part of yours, you know, you don't have the confidence of like, okay, I don't really like have to really compare myself too much to people because it's like my part, you know? And so it's like, so I definitely took for granted that like, I'm used to having a closer relationship with my director and my director being like, Hey, that was great. Can you try this? I was, I missed that. And then it was like me coming into my own with my hair and then just kind of like finding my place. I had a hard time getting back to me. It was weird because it's like, I graduated with all this confidence, right? I went to this really great school. I got an an agent right away and I just, and I got this job and I felt really good about myself. And then the first couple months I spent like trying to grow my confidence because it was like, I started out in the background. I started out like never really being talked to, never really being used. And so I had a lot of figuring out that I think was a lot based off of me and like my own insecurities and how I was feeling working this really big job. And then like not being told that I belonged there, you know? Oh my God, I'm getting kind of emotional, weird. <laughs> and so it like, I yeah, like some time to be like, yeah, like I'm supposed to be here. Um, And that came with like the first time I went on, you know, it's like one of the most rewarding things about being an understudy is like, yeah, no one knows what you're capable of. And you get to wow everybody the first time you go on and people are like, what the hell you sing like that? Yeah, I work here, don't I? You know what I mean? Or like, you know, I can go to this school. Hello. You know what I mean? Like people forget about you kind of, and you forget about yourself. You forget about what you're capable of and what you, where you came from and the roles that you've played because you haven't had the ability to, to show people what you're, what you can do. And so then you get to go on and you're like, fuck yeah, I do theater. I'm an actor. That's right. Like this is where I belong. And then once I got to do that more and more and more, and I won over everyone's respect, or in other words, I, everyone finally started paying attention to me. It was like, yeah, that's right. I belong here. And it was like those things and myself where I was like finding my confidence again, but that didn't really start happening until like six months in to like, I went on. So it was a lot. Yeah. That is so powerful. And you were talking about confidence and all of these things. And I, I mean, every black girl I feel like has auditioned for Dear Evan Hansen. And I remember going in there being like, they want me to sing for Zoe and being like, and feeling like I, but she's white. Yeah. And so, and so you were able to at least get back 
get past that. And so, but I want to know, like, the first time that you went on for that role, were you nervous or scared at all knowing that the audience was going to be expecting a certain type and that you were not going to be that? You're going to be your own version of that. How was that? Every time, especially sometimes it depends on like the cities that we're in too. But I felt the same way as you. I had originally gotten asked to come in for Alana um, and then I didn't hear from them. Then it was like, come in for the understudy for both. And I felt the same. I was like, you're not going to let me play that white girl. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you here for? This is not going to happen. And then it just kept happening. It kept happening. And then, and then I got the part and I just was like, what? What? um, um, So when I made my Zoe debut, of course, like the first thing in my mind was like, are they going to accept me? Like, are they going to be okay with me? Like I found out that I was going on, we went on in Chicago and I found out I was going on like an hour and a half before call time, which is very late. And it was my first time. And I was like, yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. They're like, everybody's like, what do you need? What do you need? Do you need to run through waving? Do you need to do this? Do you know what you're wearing? But fine. I was like, yeah, yeah, I got it. I got the show. Because at this point, this was six months in when I had gone on for Zoe for the first time. Six months. And so at this point, I like know the fucking show, but then I'm like, do I know the fucking show? You know what? Do I know the show when I'm nervous? Do I know the show when there's an audience in front of me? You know what I mean? Like I've had enough time to be like, I've done this so many times, but I haven't done this in front of people really, just in front of my family of understudies and, you know, stage managers that I trust who knows me. And so my, of course, my first thought is like, you know, is the the onstage cast going to be okay with me? Are they going to receive me? Are they going to change anything for me? Are they going to be open to me? Like, I'm always thinking about them because I want to be able to create a family with them. And I don't have that time with them. I don't get all of that. So I'm like, okay, are they going to be okay with me? And the second thing is like, okay, like, do I know everything when the lights go off? Because you don't always get to practice with the lights because of money. So there's a lot of tech things that you, you pretend that you're rehearsing, but you'll never really feel them until you're on stage and like my first time as Alana I almost ran into um one of the moving panels because I like forget that that's a moving panel when I'm rehearsing because it doesn't move during it doesn't move and I am yeah so in the rehearsal and then the third thing I think about is like are they going to be okay with me like the first time Zoe comes on stage is at at the breakfast scene and it's her and the family having breakfast and it's obvious that she's the daughter and it always like it's a really exciting thing because it's like oh Sierra's on you know like part of it is like I like get to arrive on the stage and it's so sweet but the other part of it is like oh my god like do I hear anything from the audience where people are like wait what like she's the daughter she's black like yeah exactly and I'm just like oh my god so I'm like I'm like drinking I'm like eating my cereal but I'm like are they saying anything about me like what's going on are they like is this weird for them you know so of course I'm I'm thinking about what the audience is going to be thinking about me but I've gotten so lucky that I've never had anybody say anything negative to me and I've had a lot of people even right. a lot of people who are like you are my Zoe I was so glad I got to see you like and it's beautiful and I have so much fan art I have a crochet doll a girl made a crochet doll out of me as Zoe wow. and like that's something that's probably the most beautiful thing about it like the people who who recognize me as somebody who's playing the role and they're just like, oh, when you played the role, I saw a side of it that I'd never seen before, or I'm so lucky that I got to see you. And they don't say anything about, you know, when I saw that you were black, I was a little nervous. Like, nobody says that. And these are kids. These are middle schoolers. And they're right. just like, yeah, you were great, and I'm so glad I got to see you. And that means everything to me, because this is a show about mental health, and mental health doesn't discriminate. Just because I'm not white doesn't mean I don't have the same problems that she does. Doesn't mean that I can't right. connect in the same way. And it's like... 
preach. A beautiful, universal show. And that's why I think it's really important to have a black Zoe because it doesn't change anything. It doesn't change the dynamic at all. It can be the actor who's playing her. It can be whatever you want it to be. But at the end of the day, like you are human and you are a human person who's feeling these things. And that's what it is. And that's why like being able to play that role as many times as I have, has been so fantastic and amazing. Like I'm so proud to say that I've been on a lot of times, you know, because that's also something I didn't expect when I got the part either, you know, to like really be put on. Um, I mean, representation matters. And like the more times we see like people of color, black people in, in, in prominent roles, I think it's just like, it really is fantastic. I remember like when I saw Hamilton, the the understudy was on and I'm like, she looks like me. I mean, there's a lot of color in there, but you know, like when you see you on stage, it's like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, maybe I could do that too. Like it really does. Um, it's a really special thing and I'm so excited that you've gone on so many times. Can we, can I ask you about your blog? Okay. Yes. So I love it by the way. Thank you. I truly like, I have my own blog and when I was looking through your blog last night, I I felt so inspired. I'm like, oh, it's just so like beautiful and just reminds me like, I love being a girl. I've always been like that, but like seeing your blog, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, I'm a girl and like, this is so fun and like all of the things, but like real talk for like one second. Remember after George Floyd? (laughs) I posted something on mine called like being black on the great white way. You posted something called um, uh, being black in theater, proving your value while simultaneously fighting imposter syndrome. And it was very powerful. If, if y'all are listening and you haven't read it, like, please go check out her blog. Um, and I'll say the, the handle at the end of this episode. Um, were you nervous at all? Were you afraid to like write anything? Oh yeah, of course I was. Of course I was. I feel like every time I write something that's a little bit vulnerable, I'm like, that's why you need to write it. Like, you know, it's like, if this makes me uncomfortable, that probably means I should write it. You know, I always feel that way. I always feel like it's like an overextension of myself could potentially help someone else. Um, And it was funny how like that response did so well. I didn't expect it to be so well received as it was because I've been blogging for probably like a year now. Yeah, I've been blogging for like a year now. And I've posted some things that are personal, some things that are just tips. And that was something that I felt like was like on everybody's mind that I was like, do I want to tap this bubble? Like, or do I not? And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to. And it was like so well received because I feel like we are living in a time where like, I feel that as a black person in theater, I feel supported to say what I need to say. I really do. I feel like I can say what I need to say. And I feel confident that like, I'm tired of being quiet. Like I'm tired of being quiet. Ah! (laughs) Like, like I'm tired of making other people feel comfortable, like at my expense. Like, I feel like I'm always like, you know, making myself palpable for people, like making, like making other people feel comfortable with me and not feeling like I can say how I really feel because like, I don't, you know, I'm the black person in the room and like, I'm trying to not stand out more than I already do. And so when I did that, I was like, the response made me feel like I can say what I need to say. Cause there's plenty, we, we all feel this way. We've yes. all, especially in theater, like we've all just been like, you know, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Cause I'm so lucky to have this job and like, you know, whatever, I'm not going to talk, but no, like we heard in other ways, like, 
especially playing Zoe, like it's so important to me to be received well and to be received as myself, right? And so it's like, I feel like I need to stand up for myself. I feel like I need to say like, this is how I feel playing that role. You know what I mean? And like, I think, I think I now feel like I can talk and I can, I can be really, I can be honest in a way that I felt like before, unfortunately, George Floyd, I couldn't be, you know? I agree. And I kind of feel like that, that changed the game in a big way. And I, I was encouraged like reading yours. I'm like, because I remember feeling similarly like, all right, I have something to say. We all have something to say, but it's like before we were all at work just trying to keep our jobs. And right now it's like, (laughs) there's truly nothing to lose. So this is our truth. So I just wanted to know if you were as nervous as I was, because it was was scary, like telling the truth, but you did it It and it's inspiring. It's inspiring. Mm -hmm. Oh, you said something in there. Let's see here. Um, Oh, I loved this quote. When you hire black actors, you are hiring our hair, our skin color, our body, everything. I mean, Mm -hmm. it sounds pretty simple, right? Like, yeah, (laughs) but being in the room, being in the space, it's like, they're like, well, what do we do with all of this? All these curves, all this texture, all this melanin, but but you hired me. You hired me because that's the thing. It's like, and that's what I mean by like diversity points. You know, it's like they hire you because they're like, we know we need some people of color in here. Let's bring them in. But then it's like they don't hire people of color who know how to talk to us, who know how to do our hair or like just so that we don't feel like the only person of color in the room like that. It's like the bare minimum to them is like as long as they're in here, we're doing the right thing. But then it's but then there's like an aversion to us because of fear and you know not wanting to be uncomfortable and like them not yeah. wanting to get to know us like it's so easy I feel like now they're like yeah I should have done this but I was thinking about this today like no one ever asked me what do I put in my hair no one ever asked me that and that sounds like the simplest thing in the world for them to be like hey so you've got these gorgeous curls what do you use oh I use this okay we'll write that down that's all you had to do that's all you had to do and I could do it myself I don't need you touching it, but you can fund it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, they just never bothered to ask because it's a fear of like not wanting to like delve into what they don't know. And it's like, I, they don't, they don't want to venture out into that. But if you hire black people, you got to venture out into that period. Yeah. I feel like there's got to be a way. Cause I've had a casting director who I was like, you can be honest with me and this is going to be off the record. So I will not say her name, but I was like, she's mentioned something about my hair and like, stop the scene. It's not working. I think it's your hair. I was in a class setting and I said, I want you to tell me everything that you're thinking because when I'm out actually auditioning, no one's going to tell me. Mm -hmm. And so I asked her point blank and she said, I mean, honestly, if it's between you and another girl and she, she doesn't have a wig on, I would probably end up going with her just so that I don't have to ask the uncomfortable questions. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a real, that's a real thing. I'm like, okay, so there's, is there a fine line of where like, cause I want them to, like you said, it's a simple thing to ask. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel seen. Yeah. If you ask, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But 
to do it in a way that it doesn't feel offensive. I don't right. know, Sarah. Right. Well, that's what they think. They think that it's offensive. That's why I keep saying it comes from fear. I truly yeah. think it's not like they don't care necessarily. I think it's just this wave of like, I don't know what to do. Like I said, I, I know they looked at me and they're like, oh, sh- her curls are so pretty, but I literally don't know what to do with that. And like, you know, and there's unlearning that we need to do. Like the whole idea of like the long hair. Like I could right. tell that they were like, it was hard for them to see me as Zoe because my hair wasn't long. And it was like, why? Really? Is that really? Like, but it's like, you know, that's what we know. That's what we yes. do was beautiful and feminine. And so yes. with the unlearning of those things and the acceptance of like, oh, let, let me be curious about what I don't understand and what I don't know. And I feel like that is what stops Broadway from truly expanding. Like they're afraid to be really curious about what they don't know. Oh, I love that. I love when you say the unlearning. I was just talking about this with my friend the other day. In in white culture, it's like, oh, long, luxurious, like long hair, wave, maybe a wave. And but with black people, the healthier our hair is, the more it shrinks. Right. Right. So <laughs> different there's whole different criteria. And if we're going off of their criteria uh, criteria, we will always lose that beauty battle because Right. That criteria. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that we've been like valuing beautiful on. It's that European like white scale that we've been like, oh, long is better. Straight is better and all that stuff. And that's unlearning for us too. That that doesn't necessarily mean pretty and you know, all that, but yeah. Um, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm about to let you go. Um, but before I do, I actually, what I would like to know, cause I do have this podcast for this reason. So I can see what my curly hair sisters are using, especially when their curls are popping. I'm like, what do you use? <laughs> that is clearly working for you. So I use Camille Rose. Oh, you know Camille Rose. I have heard of it, but I haven't really heard that many people talking about it. Oh, Tell me more. Oh, I just, I use their like curling cream, which is amazing. And I've been using Pattern Beauty, their like oh. conditioner and their shampoo. I've been using them. Um, what else do I use? I try so many different things. Do you <laughs> love, do you love Pattern? Do you love Tracy's line? Tracy yes, Ellis? I love it. And she, and she has like, oh my God, I love it. And she has a um an Afro comb that is like magnificent. And it's funny because that's something that like you wouldn't think, like you just buy one at Walgreens or whatever, but hers is just, it's perfect. It really, really gets the fluff. It comes in this beautiful like leather bag. Like it's so beautiful. What? (laughs) Okay, I have to look this up when we hang up because I'm like, what do you mean? I absolutely wouldn't think about it. My pick is like the standard metal pick. Okay, do you use Pattern Beauty? You use Camille Rose. Rose. What else do I use? I love this. <laughs> oh my God, I use so many different things. But those are like the two things that I've been going like back to back with. Yeah. And then these days, do you do more wash and goes or twist outs? I all of mean I have been doing wash and goes because I, I realized that like twist out is like, I love twist outs because I love the volume. Like the, I was just getting gorgeous volume, but it was really messing with my curl pattern because it's the, the, I was like pulling and combing and twisting them out. And so all of quarantine, I've been doing wash and goes, which has been really beautiful. And like, it's annoying that the shrinkage is out of this world. Like it really is, but I'm like, you know what? It's okay. Like they're bouncing, they're, they're light, they're gorgeous. Like I, I can deal with drinkage. And like you said, it's like drinkage doesn't mean that it's not good. It's healthy. It means it's healthy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
though. And popping. We love a curl that says, yeah. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? Your hair is down to your butt? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. We had you that. fooled. We like, honestly, um, Sierra, you're such a joy, such a light. What's the name of your blog? It's Queen called made of- Queen Made of Light. The blog. Yes. And then I also have a podcast called Queen Made of Light, the podcast, which is the same thing, but it's just in verbal form. <laughs> oh, we love, honey. I cannot wait to stock your podcast. I've already stocked your blog. I need to subscribe because it's really fantastic. And, you know, it really does personify, like, who you are. It, your personality and the light that you emanate so thank you thanks for joining me girlfriend yeah, so thanks for having me i am so happy i'm so happy to to meet you oh my gosh we just met <laughs> <laughs> okay all right thanks thanks so much girl all right see you later see you later And that wraps another episode of Black Hair in the Big League. Y'all, I'm so honored to have such great guests on this show. And if there's somebody who you want to listen to, please drop me a note on my Instagram at Salisha Thomas or at Black Hair Podcast and slip into those DMs and let me know what you want to hear, who you want to hear from. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast, rate it, leave a review, tell a friend, follow us on Patreon at Black Hair in the Big Leagues. Y'all, I am so grateful that you are part of this community. It would not be the same without you. (laughs) Shout out to Wilton Music for producing my theme song, Love COD. Shout out to Colin Tabor for editing this episode and most of these episodes. And shout out to you for listening. Y'all, my heart is so big and I feel so grateful. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Black Hair in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Alicia Thomas. See you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.